0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Unfortunately, in these days, sometimes you get these situations that show up in the crisis in the church, where a bishop takes what, on the surface, if we were to take what he says at face value, he takes actions that will, what would normally be probably trustworthy. But unfortunately, in the context of the crisis in the church especially when we're talking about nuns and women religious especially, that is often not the case. I've covered here extensively the unfortunate reality that we've seen unfolding in the church of religious orders, Uh, lately it seems uh, women religious especially, being targeted by Rome and usually with the help of the local ordinary, meaning the local bishop, for the seizure of their property for the shutting down of their religious life, for the ending of religious orders. we I have gotten word from people in the know connected to less than traditional religious orders that it's not just traditionalist orders this is happening to. Anyone with a shortage of vocations in the religious life is being targeted by Rome. Having their monasteries and their convents seized, being sent off at best to live in a hospice or to be To live in a retirement home or having their few vocations remaining folded in with other religious orders. Their property seized and then sold for money. This has happened time and time and time again to the point where I almost tire of talking about it because it is a story that just never goes away and after a while it gets almost depressing to talk about this. Nuns have always been a hero of mine and it's why I actually really can't stand like the really extremely modernist nuns who trade the gospel and the outward symbolic, the, the uniform, you know, that the habit for something secular. I, I because the nuns are a reflection of Our Lady; they live a life modeled after the Virgin, and they are heroes of mine in a great many ways. And so it's why I take these stories personally. And that's why I don't bring you any pleasure in talking about this story today. And I have to ask, what is going on in Fort Worth? I, normally, I, I will qu- like quote articles extensively. I don't usually like being the guy who just reads an article at length. I did early in the days of my channel, but I moved away from that. But there's enough details in this article that, that I'm going to give you from a mainstream news outlet. That's why your first red flag on the story, that this is such a high-profile story. This has gotten the attention of the secular world, where even they're asking, what's going on? There's so many details here that we have to talk about, because for whatever reason, a bishop decided to go after a nun, the mother superior of a very small religious order in Texas, who was on a feeding tube after surgery, take her communications devices away, and then try to shut down their monastery, to the point where the nuns felt that it was necessary to go and get secular legal help, just so that they could stay on their property, and let the canonical process play out. The canonical process that I will be upfront with you about, I don't think it's going to go well for them. And it's not because of the details you're about to see here, but because the system seems to be stacked against nuns these days. And the only reason I think this has even come up in the secular news is because the bishop makes an incredible allegation and then gives no details. An incredible allegation against the character of the mother superior, with no details given that if he had kept that part quiet, privately communicated it to the sisters, but not to the media, this might not have been something we're talking about now. So let's go to CBS News for this article. Headline, Pure Evil, Nuns File Lawsuit Against Catholic Bishop, posted on May 19th of 2023 pure evil. Again, that's a very like an inflammatory headline, and we expect that kind of thing from the secular media, but we'll see if you agree with that assessment here. So from the article, quote, a Catholic bishop took actions of pure evil, according to a lawsuit filed against him by a small order of nuns in Arlington. The suit says Bishop Michael Olson of the Fort Worth Diocese seized computers and a phone from the discalced Carmelite nuns, interrogated the sisters, and claimed the monastery was shut down. He has stopped priests from performing daily Mass at the Monastery of the Most Holy Trinity, and barred as many as 50 to 60 parishioners from regular attendance. The dispute, which started April 24th, has caused emotional trauma and psychological distress, according to an affidavit from Reverend Mother Teresa Agnes. This week, the Diocese of Fort Worth posted a statement on its website, saying the Reverend Mother had, quote, Violated her vow of chastity with a priest from outside the Diocese of Fort Worth. A spokesman for the Diocese had no further comment when asked about the lawsuit. Attorneys for the Diocese filed a response to the lawsuit Thursday, saying the mother had admitted to the violation. It asked for the lawsuit to be dismissed, arguing that in order to make any determination, the civil court would have to entangle itself in issues of church doctrine and jurisdiction. Back to the article in a moment. I don't normally want details about this kind of thing, but the bishop let the secular world in on this. And so, and he made public these allegations. And so unfortunately you need details because saying that somebody violated their vow of chastity, that's a big deal. That is not something you take lightly. And so it requires details. Who's the priest, for example, what were the circumstances? Was it voluntary? We don't normally think of involuntary actions of the kind we're alluding to here as being violations of a vow of chastity, but again, it would be worth noting if that was the case. And I wish we lived in a world where we could take the word of a bishop at face value. But unfortunately, I've reported enough of these stories about the Vatican using literally any excuse they can to get their hands on very valuable real estate that nuns sit on that I can't take bishops at their word when it comes to this stuff anymore. That's sad. I wish that was not the case. I really do wish that was not the case. But also, to play devil's advocate here, there's a very there is a real possibility that the bishop is in the right here. So I'd ask that you watching this, regardless of what you think of the situation, you pray for the bishop, you pray for the nuns involved including the nuns under the leadership of the of the of Sister Agnes here. Keep them in your prayers. Pray that a just resolution to this is solved, maybe one that can preserve the monastery. Because at the end of the day, it is a little strange that a violation, a very serious violation, but a violation nonetheless of a personal kind of the Mother Superior would lead to the closing of a monastery. That's suspicious. And that is why I'm talking to you about this now. Because looming over all of this is the continued stories about real estate holdings and the suppression of religious orders in the name of money, the god Mammon. Let's go back to the article. Quote, Fort Worth attorney Michael Bobo, who is representing the nuns, described it as, quote, extraordinary for them to feel the need to file the suit. While he believes church law is clear that the nuns answer directly to the Vatican and not the local bishop, he said they are fighting to get their way of life back in the meantime. Let them have confession, he said. Let them do their daily contemplative prayer. They're not hurting anybody. And then let the canonical process work itself out. The Carmelite nuns were established on a wooded acreage in Arlington in 1958. They do not leave except for medical care and spend their days in prayer and labor on the grounds. The arrival of Olson at the monastery April 24th, with just 30 minutes notice, according to the suit, was highly unusual, Bobo said. The suit says the bishop came with three other people, demanding that Mother Agnes turned over her computer, iPad, and phone. An affidavit from Mother Agnes says Olson demanded to return the next day and questioned four sisters for several hours. Currently in very poor health and connected to a feeding tube, Mother Agnes says she had a surgical procedure that day, was under anesthesia and pain medication, including a, a controlled substance whose name we will not say on YouTube. However, she wrote Olson wanted to interrogate her after she returned from the hospital. The nuns then sought legal counsel, the suit says, which Olson rejected, appointing his own choice for their representation. With their phone seized and needing to conduct regular business, the sisters purchased a new one the next day, only to receive a letter from Olson that he knew a phone had been purchased and that someone had been using it for text messages. The letter details a series of text messages between Olson and a sister in the monastery, saying he would not allow Mother Agnes to even message the sisters because texting enables her sin. The computers and phone were returned to the nuns this week, Bobo said, under an agreement procured by the canonical attorney appointed by Olson, Michael Potaski. That agreement, which Bobo said was made without consulting with the nuns, first allowed the diocese to obtain mirror images of the data and content of the devices. The agreement says the forensic images will be used for the purposes of this ecclesiastical investigation. End quote. Okay, I want to point out something here for you. They are only asking that the canonical process play out. Here's the thing. These canonical processes, when land is involved, never go well for the nuns in question. I keep bringing up land even though this article never mentions it. And I'm doing that because the track record is clear. 100% of the time when when religious orders are shut down under Francis Church, guess what it's about? Real estate. I would like a transparent process here. Yes, if there is an accusation that a nun has violated her vows, then obviously there needs to be some action taken. Doing so while she's on a feeding tube is grotesque, to put it mildly. And sh- But shutting down the monastery? Is that actually necessary? Why would you shut down the, n- the monastery for the sins of one person? We didn't shut down the, the, the Diocese of Boston for a widespread problem. Back in the, you know, that was discovered in 2003, we didn't shut down the, the entire country of Germany, the church of G- in Germany, due to the sins of their, their prelates that were on full display at the Synod of Bishops and the Synod on Synodality, their German synodal way, when they essentially rejected the gospel for a, the false gospel of the world. So why are we doing it here? I'm curious if you have any inside information on this, though. If you do, email me. My email address is in the description box below. I'll try to put it on the screen here. Because this is happening right in America where 75% of my audiences. So let me know if you have inside information. Because at the end of the day, we need the truth about this. This could perhaps be one of those times where the bishop is 100% in the right. But because the very strange action of the monastery being shut down the laity not being permitted to attend master. The sacraments being essentially denied to the nuns. Contemplative nuns who only leave for medical purposes. Raises a bunch of red flags. I'm curious what you think of this, though, so let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe. If you haven't, it does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.